0: I'm really enjoying it. I'm like, you oh, good. You want to watch me play more of this? Thank you very yeah. much. You like Bowser? You better like Hell Bowser. Hell yeah! Let's yeah. do this.
1: That's sweet. That that is just such a cool. Yeah, I wish that I wish they did that with like again with Tropical Freeze. Like they could have just added a bonus world or something. Yeah. I, I I know it's not that easy to just design new levels, but right. It seems but they like, charge hey, sixty bones exactly. For that, if you're, that gonna go
0: price, yeah, if yeah. you're gonna go ask
1: full price, yeah. If you ask full price, yeah. You better give me something to
0: entice me to want to buy it again. Funky Kong mode.
1: Hey everybody, welcome to Pursuing Pixels. My name's Kevin Portelli and I'm here tonight with Randall Nolery. Hey folks. And we are back as a two-pack, uh, missing John this evening. Once again, I feel like we've been doing a lot, had a little bit of uh, scheduling, not necessarily conflicts per se, but just everyone's been busy and lifestyle running around. Yeah, yeah. people have been sick. It's, you know, it's tough yeah. to coordinate, uh you know, schedules all the time. But uh, yeah, glad we were able to sync up for uh, another podcast session. It's been a while since, again, the last session that I uh, sat down and recorded was just with uh, John and I. Yeah. So uh, yeah, we kind of went off the beaten path, talked about like some kind of leaned into the multiplayer stuff that we had been doing recently but I know uh good you've episode. been kind of wrapping up some stuff on Nintendo we've both been kind of spending some time on Nintendo Switch as of late yeah uh playing a bunch of games but I know uh we talked about Kirby and the Forgotten Land probably a couple months ago not like right when it came out but John Pretty and I had after, probably
0: though. yeah
1: yeah yeah and John and I had spent had both uh, completed the game, or at least come pretty close to it at that point, and I don't. I know you had like pretty much started it, but not really gotten too deep into it yet, and yeah, shared sure some usual. kind of like. But yeah, more like first impressions. But yeah. I know you have uh, done some more digging into the Forgotten Land as of late.
0: Yeah, yeah. So it, a real catalyst for my my playing of of some more Nintendo stuff. I had been like. St- not stuck because i've been enjoying it but i've been on way more on my xbox series x than my switch just generally this year with the the releases that have happened obviously elden ring and other things but yeah uh and game pass games and whatever else um and just like i even like The tangent, but like even just watching things through video apps like the Xbox has all of them and the Switch doesn't. It's like your entertainment system all in
1: one. That's like how my PS3 was back when I lived with DJ and my old roommate. Like it was just like this is the thing I'm on all the time. And because of that, that was where I played games all the time, too, because it was just like the default hdmi input that we were on and you know it was just everything was just default set up ready to go at any time and i will not to totally sidetrack but uh (laughs) somebody in our discord recently was uh sharing some footage they were they've been digging into lonely mountains downhill on Mm -hmm. their xbox series x and i had like they just posted like even just in the discord like i don't know how it compresses the videos in there or whatever but i was just like i i had been playing it on switch recently and i was just like Yo, what platform are you playing this on? I assume they were maybe on like PC with like, you know, maxed out settings yeah. or something like that. And they're like, oh, I'm on the Xbox Series X and I was like, man, I was playing that even on my or on my Xbox 1 before and this is like night and day. Oh, and I, again, nice. I know you've yeah. mentioned it on the podcast before like, oh, it's going to be a game changer because I know I've oh, yeah. like I got to upgrade, I got to upgrade, but Oh yeah. That clip is probably the most I've ever been enticed because Lonely Mountains Downhill is already like, I mean, it's low poly, but it's a really nice looking game. Oh, yeah. And Beautiful holy, game. like they posted a clip of like one of their nighttime rides with a, mm-hmm. like, it's just like the flashlight. And it's just like this is a almost a different game. I mean, yep. it's at night, especially after just playing it on Switch where it still plays great and runs fine, but it's a it's a little chunky and a little, it you know, it's not the perfect situation
0: right you now. We're getting, you're getting max visuals and and just butter gameplay and frame, yeah. frame rates. on It was on like the Xbox.
1: smoothest video clip I've ever seen oh, in my yeah. life. I was just like, this is crazy. So it definitely made me think again, especially because like most of my Xbox gaming is done through Game Pass. So it's not like I'm really spending a bunch of money on right. games. No, you don't need to. So it's just like, I, yeah, I kind of just want to have a essentially a PC that is a console <laughs> sitting it off to the side is. here. It's a hundred
0: percent what the, the new Xbox series systems are. And it's, and it's and the quick resume man. the quick resume. Yeah. Is you were, you were just talking about that. Ugh. Yeah.
1: And it, so I'm assuming quick resume is like virtually the same thing as like when you much faster, but like, you know, when you put a game on like the home screen on switch and you can kind of put the switch to sleep yes. and boot it back up. Like correct. But it's just way faster than that. I guess. Plus,
0: you can essentially do that. You're idling slash clamshelling like uh, I've I've been up to like six or seven games at a time.
1: Oh,
0: yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I did not realize there was
1: some shuffle like you can have more than one at yeah. once.
0: Yeah. That this is, not a, is a game thing changer. Where it's only one game and it forces you to close it. No. No. That's a game changer. It's amazing. There's
1: a lot of times where I'm just like, oh, I kind of want to like. I don't want to exit out of this exactly. game. Like I don't want like. I'm I'm done playing for now, but I haven't hit a checkpoint. So yeah. like I'll I'll either end up grinding and getting frustrated yeah. to hit the next checkpoint or save point, or I'll stop and then like when I go to play again, I'm like ah oh, I don't want to replay that right. stuff. That
0: is a game changer. It's a huge game changer. Let alone that the new not to, I'm just selling this Xbox now. The new hey, Xbox sell controller it to me. With, with has like the shared button there. It's not hidden in some menus, so and you just hold it down for a couple of seconds to do yes. the whatever two minute or 30 second clip, whatever you define it as. And then it, it exports that. And that's what you saw as an output that someone shared in the discord. Right. And it's, it's yeah. so easy. It is. It's just a PC. It's a Microsoft PC that's like streamlined and hooked up to your TV and it rules as like I've really like I. I probably turn on my Xbox every day, not necessarily just a game, but to like watch stuff on or whatever else. It's just that like multimedia device.
1: Well, again, well, too, I'd love to have that, too, because I I do find myself switching between like I have like an Amazon Fire Stick hooked mm-hmm. up to like my receiver, but it's on, a again, a different HDMI port. Right. Otherwise, I'm usually running all my game consoles like through my capture card, sure. which then goes through to the same output. So I'm just kind of right. swapping cables most of the time, which is tedious and annoying in its own right but yeah it just is you know because i'm recording stuff all the time and whatever it's like yep. it's just the way i have it set up but i would love if included in that if i could just like yeah not have to like go and switch the hdmi on my tv and because yeah. then sometimes i'm like i'll just be sitting there like troubleshooting for a while like why don't i have any audio and then i'm like oh i didn't switch it to the <laughs> other to the you know the different input on my mm-hmm. receiver Um, even though i switched it on the tv or sometimes just the hdmi cables like it just doesn't like Talk to each other, right? So like, I gotta just like turn off the TV and turn it back on, and then it now I have sound. Yep. Sometimes if
0: one thing turns on before the other, in a weird way, it It seems like it's eh. like an order of operations thing where it's just like it
1: doesn't register. Didn't know it was on beforehand, so now it's never on. Right. Um, yep. yeah, it's weird how the receivers and and I think there's just weird stuff with like different brands and yeah, you know, some things just are more compatible. I definitely need to get some new HDMI cables. I'm still using my like Wii U HDMI cable. Hey. to like swap out. It's like starting to crackle uh, on no, like the ends. Uh, like I, I definitely need to just get like a nice new upgrade with some gold. You yeah, know, those connectors
0: I mean, and stuff. Those cables are are thankfully pretty cheap and mainstream these days. And, yeah, and pretty future proof too. like yeah you get ones that are obviously say they're rated for 4k 120 or whatever and still use them on your switch and be perfectly fine or whatever yeah
1: and hdmi has been kind of the standard for a pretty long time now yeah (laughs) it seems like
0: it's not going anywhere mid xbox 360 days because the first xbox 360 didn't have an hdmi port and then they updated the model to include it yeah that's like
1: back to our best buy days yeah yeah. hdmi because i remember like cables were like 100 bucks or oh you know oh man it was one of the few things where like our discount really came into play Yep, where like the consoles we literally would get no discount on or the games yep. maybe five bucks or something but like a controller or a uh cable or something it's like oh man this is like 90
0: percent off or something yep because all Crazy. that
1: margin yeah, because you need it. Like, okay, yeah, you got the system and the HDTV, but if you really want to get the use out of it, you gotta buy this cable. You so buy you don't Monster you don't need cable. to buy the TV or the console, <laughs> but you need to buy if you own both of those things, then mm-hmm. you do need the cable. Mm-hmm. So
0: they they know how to get you. You don't they want how that to, to, get to be you. the bottleneck, do you? <laughs> you don't know that this <laughs> this ten dollar cable does the exact same thing as this hundred dollar cable we're trying to sell you, right? oh monster oh cables not to turn this whole thing into a save it for the cast yeah and and the episode. and the
1: fact that we we're like leaning into nintendo and now we're going oh let's talk some xbox
0: here. you know what i really like is that Xbox. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I love
0: it i love it oh uh, yeah, no that's what, I was,
1: that's what you get when you get a duo episode of yeah, uh, pursuing pixels
0: i know yeah no i was supposed to talk about kirby and the forgotten land because yeah like kevin had set me up before you know um I, I had gotten back to playing Switch more despite playing Xbox every day or turning it on every day because uh, I have a daughter who's three going to be turning four who, uh, you know, they, there's lots of obviously the, the fun, bright color and, you know, family-friendly stuff is more often found on on the Nintendo platform as opposed to certainly some of that stuff's on Xbox but not the same way it is on Nintendo certainly yeah and you know I obviously you know I I love fun colorful things too so it's you know totally fine and so I'm like oh yeah this is perfect excuse to go back to Kirby in the Forgotten Land especially because I've got a couple of amiibos I've got like the Kirby amiibo and the DDD amiibo so she asked like what are these what are these I'm like oh Kirby like, and then so she's yeah. like, can put all that together and like, what are those guys? Oh, those are Waddle Dees and they're friends and stuff.
1: And yeah, now it's know? like, oh, these characters that are like in our house are also yeah. on the TV screen. Exactly. You know, it's just kind of cool.
0: Yeah. So she's not even at a point where she's, she's like interacting with a controller or anything, but she's watching me play, which, you know, my, my, my wife, Tina had a good point. It's like, Oh yeah, that's, I mean, that's literally what the, the youths, that's what they do. Like a Twitch is a massive thing and it's just yeah, yeah, watching people play video games. Like, uh, yeah, I mean,
1: that's, and it, yeah, it's kind of like watching a cartoon, you know, with a little yeah. less story yeah. I guess going on, but yeah. there's still even little bits. So yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So she's, she's so content to do that. And I'm like, that allowed me to rip through, you know, the rest of, of Kirby and the forgotten land besides a couple of other, nighttime sessions that i threw in there too because then i was like okay i'm hooked back on this game and you know nice i amongst the three of us had the most positive impression of it in the first place and so i was happy to see it through and and see the credits and yeah i just really this is one of my more favorable kirby games that i've played and for the same reasons i explained before it's that more like um corridor style 3d gameplay or down a path like a galaxy or like things like I've talked about before, like a gauntlet legend style where it is 3d, but it's within this very like limited framework and it's very directed. Yeah. And it just, that's the approach I like. And they carried that through and all like the mouthful mode stuff of like the car and you know, all the silly things you can control. It was a lot of fun. I thought, and the, the, the optional, like, um, kind of the star road style bonus levels that can get pretty difficult to get Mm -hmm. those extra bonus stars to upgrade your abilities, which all of them seemingly can upgrade to like three tiers at least. And they all look different in each one of those tiers and even have like slightly different abilities as you upgrade them too, which I thought was more than they even had to do. So I like it. Kirby and the forgotten land is a game that I like quite a bit and I'm pretty happy to, have in the collection and happy to have seen through and there's even those bonus levels afterwards um like I that played one or two world or whatever yeah, yeah. I, thought, I think like,
1: i did the same i think i played a couple levels i don't think yeah. i finished them all for whatever reason They're I are a little do, bit like, long the, yeah. the bonus
0: levels and and then i'm like i couldn't quite figure out how to get back to them at a glance yeah
1: like, I, I do remember the world map being sort of like way yeah. more spread out than yeah. it needed to be in like the whole game it's like this could have been a little more concise or whatever but once you mentioned that you were playing it again it did kind of have me thinking because I know I kind of was like yeah I kind of you know kind of the main complaint I've been kind of leveraging at a lot of Nintendo games lately and I feel like a broken record but I'm just like I feel like a lot of the stuff is like spectacle and set piece like where it's like when you're playing it again the second time and not that you necessarily need to be designing a game to be played a second time but like Mm When I'm able to go, be- go back and play uh, Super Mario World for like the 20, 30th time oh, yeah. and still have just as much fun, if not more, than yeah. I've ever had with it, where I'm yeah. like, even on already on the first playthrough of Kirby, I'm already thinking, like, huh, I wonder if this would even be fun to play again. Yeah. it It just. It, it, and even like playing Tropical Freeze when I was talking about that recently, I was just kind of like, oh, ah, man, like some of those minecart cart levels that I remember the first time around being like, oh, my God, that was insane. Mm-hmm. Like now this time I'm just kind of like, oh, that was cool. But like now it's kind of annoying because I just have to hit all the jumps perfectly. And, right.
0: Memorize it to some degree. Retro style, you know. Yeah.
1: yeah. And thankfully, yeah. Kirby
0: doesn't have that going no. on. It's more
1: like just exploring. And again, yeah, once you mentioned that you were kind of digging into it, I was like, I wonder if I've had enough distance between finishing it up and like. Because I didn't feel compelled right away to just be like, okay, let me 100% and go, you know, going for all the extra objectives. But I definitely didn't not like the game. It just kind of didn't, like, fully pull me in and, like, leave that lasting impression. But it did, like, even you just bringing it up that you were playing it again was enough to have me thinking, like, oh, you know, maybe I should fire it up again. Because there really are, like... It's such a fun world to be in. Oh, like, yeah. I really like as soon as you brought it up, I immediately started thinking about like some of like the kind of water themed levels where like Kirby's like again, like that corridor perspective mm-hmm. where you're kind of like almost like going down like it's not as intense as like white water rapids, you know, but the water's kind of carrying you forward yeah. along the screen and you're like, you know, you're just dodging obstacles like. Yeah, I don't know. And
0: yeah, all the different mouthful mode sequences yeah. were really cool. It's a simple, fun, streamlined, you know, platformer game. And it's, it's, you know, and most of the time it's not too difficult, but it can be a little bit more difficult if you want it to be. And that's cool too. So yeah, uh, yeah, I just like it. It's just, it's just a fun game to kick back with. And like (laughs) the whole like post-apocalyptic thing is a really fun juxtaposition with a, you know, character like Kirby in a world like Kirby. So that's cool Yeah, just like some
1: real, like kind of real world-esque things. Like, you know, kind of New Donk City sort of style. Or like
0: Pikmin-ish yeah yeah too right you know so that's, that's a
1: good that's a good point yeah, yeah. I, I forget uh if you mentioned it before when we talked about it but did you and uh tina get to play any co-op in this one at all or a, just a, a little, little bit a
0: little bit A little bit, yeah i think we played like one or two levels where she was the the waddle d that could do some like helicopter attacks and things like that so that was fun too like that yeah. that's cool that that's available and certainly when Fiona gets a little bit older, I could easily see us popping this game back in and, and playing some levels that way in, in that mode.
1: Yeah. 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 Definitely, uh definitely you got my got my interest peaked in at least in the sense of like, yeah, finish, finishing off those like bonus levels or Yeah. Um, going back for some of the, cause usually there was like what, five or six different like challenges on each stage. And yeah, usually I would end up getting like, or, whatever, th- or oh three. yeah,
0: per, per stage. Yeah. To get the waddle D's and then, yeah. Cause sometimes they wouldn't even tell you how to get necessarily all of those like hidden waddle D's, but then like, they'd start kind of leaving you little breadcrumbs of like okay this is what you need to do now that you've beat the level once you know we'll show you a couple more of the challenges that you might. yeah it's sort of like
1: revealed a little bit and i do feel like that stuff would be like again perfect for like a co-op replay or whatever or even even a first play just kind of like it's it tends to be more fun to kind of like poke around and explore a level like that in a Mm -hmm. co-op setting where like for me i don't know when i'm playing a single player game i'm just like i just want to rip through and like get from point a to point b and Mm -hmm. depending on the type of game that's not me
0: i'm always i'm always poking around at the edges for whatever reason
1: I use, I very much used to be that way, but I think yeah. I th- I think I've said it before on the podcast too. But Breath of the Wild, as soon as it was like nine hundred Koroks, <laughs> I was just like, it's not happening.
0: Well, so, no, like, it kind of broke no. me. No, 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 no. I, I I never I never saw that as a challenge. I needed to do it was always in in Breath of the Wild. Like if I come across them or I see something that looks weird, yeah, I'll check it out. I'm not ever going to collect all nine hundred. That's not in the cards. I'm not even going to yeah. approach that.
1: But I I feel like I've been able to carry that for whatever reason that like kind of like stuck in my brain enough to where I've just been able to carry that into a lot of games like Mm -hmm. even – I guess I'll carry over to, uh, I I won't talk about this game much, but just since it's another game from uh, HAL Laboratories and a series that doesn't get a ton of love, uh, the Box Boy series. And in particular, yeah, this is the fourth game in the series. We had to like double check that before we were recording. (laughs) Like how many of these are there? I know. Um, And it's actually called Box Boy and Box Girl. I believe all three of the uh, previous games came out on the 3DS. The first one might have even been on like the DSi or DS Lite. I think it was 3DS though. Um, I think
0: they're all in 3DS. That's a good question.
1: I'm I'm pretty sure about that as well. But I, I do know that Box Boy and Box Girl was the first game that came out on, like, consoles and Switch and stuff. Yeah. Um. And it's also the first game in the series that had two-player co-op as well. Nice. Um, and the other day, uh, I know we talked about recently on the podcast uh, that uh, DJ John and I got together and did some uh, co-op gaming and, and just multiplayer gaming and whatnot in general. And uh, during that session, DJ actually uh, left his uh, sunglasses over here. Mm -hmm. So a couple days later, he was like, hey, can I come back over and uh, pick those up and we'll grab some breakfast? And I was like, hey, you want to play some games for a little bit? And uh, he reminded me like we might have even talked about this on the podcast like years ago. But uh, he reminded me, he was like, hey, did we ever finish that Box Boy and Box Girl campaign? And I was like, you know what? I don't think we did. And we booted it up. We were on World 11 uh, when we booted it up. It looked like there was maybe World 12 as well. Uh, after that, we were, we kind of cleared that next world. And I actually ended up playing a little bit more. I've slowly been kind of chipping away at the single player campaign. There's just two fully separate campaigns wow. in the game, which is kind of oh cool. Oh, my God. That's um,
0: fantastic. You,
1: you can play the two player campaign single player but it does feel like it, it even says it's like this is recommended for two players yeah. but it does feel like it's there it's doable with one player but there are definitely times where you feel like you want to say um it, you would definitely just need to kind of like do timing oriented things where it seems like it would be tough to like like you're kind of like okay you're going to because there is like a, I don't know if this mechanic was in the previous games, but essentially you you it's like a 2D side-scrolling puzzle platformer. Mm-hmm. And you're essentially able to like hold down a button and you, you literally play as almost like a little square, like essentially a pixel or like you're the size of like a tile in the game. Right. And then on each level, you're able to like extend your body like a certain number of tiles in any direction up down left or right your first extension can't be down i don't think because i would like go straight into the ground right um but if you're like extending like basically you're like either like reaching up and then making like a little like l tetris shape yeah so you, can like you can latch on like a
0: tetris type of yeah configurations yeah. a little bit yeah and you're
1: like making blocks to like either like throw and like trigger a switch so that you can you know leave that box there and then open a gate that you can jump through or build a staircase that right. you can climb up and reach a certain height or again you can almost use it like uh it almost works like a grappling hook if you're able. Like, some stages will only right. let you use like three blocks maximum at a time. Some stages will let you lose, use like seven. So, mm-hmm. if you can use seven, you're able to like extend that like all the way across a gap. And if it can, t- if it can touch solid ground on the other side, then it like kind of locks to that place. And then if you, if you like, hit the extend button again, I don't know, I was going to say de-extend, I don't know if yeah. <laughs> that makes sense, but, like, if you hit that button again, you, like, kind of get sucked to, like, the point that you're latched to, as opposed to, like, uh. if you're not latched to a point, then you'll just kind of, like, retract back into itself.
0: Yeah, like a measuring um, tape type of deal. Yeah. yeah,
1: that's a perfect analogy. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's really kind of is interesting, because, like, it's it's very interesting kind of back to that hundred percenting things like playing with dj like on each level there's like a crown sometimes there's two hidden crowns they're not even necessarily hidden they're just kind of challenging to get right but then there's also like a series of challenges to get like a ranking on each stage for using like a certain number of boxes or fewer and to get like a one star it's like this and then it keeps going lower and lower and like DJ is very much like the type of player that's like, we got to get all the things <laughs> oh, and get everything and get yep. all the crowns and like yep. get that. Even like on some of the stages we were playing where it's like clearly like, we're, we're clearly going to end up using way less than the number of allotted boxes. Like he still needs to figure out like the most minimal way to do it. And <laughs> oh I'm like, we God. already got it. We already got it. So it's been like really kind of enjoyable. Like I, I really have enjoyed both sessions with the game, but like yeah. it's been really enjoyable to go back and start. Cause I, I wasn't anywhere near as far in a, the single player campaign, I think I was only on world like four or five. Mm-hmm. So it's been really fun to kind of go back and play more my style. Like I'm, I'm still going for the crowns and going for the rankings, but I really have, honestly, especially on the single player, it's a lot harder because you can kind of like in two player, you can kind of cheese the mechanics because sure. if you don't, actually set the boxes down they don't actually count so like a lot of times you can like extend a bridge for the other player to walk across but if you never release the button if you kind of keep it held down yeah. and then retract it back into yourself before you ever like right. activate those boxes they don't count towards your total it's like a
0: temporary bridge at that exactly point. yeah
1: so because that's a mechanic and it almost feels like to me it feels like all like the allotted goals. Like they're not expecting you to do that mechanic, maybe in like one, like to clear one gap or something, but they're not expecting you to like cheese that mechanic from (laughs) beginning to end of each stage. And again, yeah. Playing with DJ, it was like, that was definitely his mindset of like, we got to use as few boxes as possible. And yeah, so it's been really enjoyable to kind of go back and play the stages. Like I'm kind of in like the laser section where you got to kind of like figure out how to place boxes in a position to block the lasers that are blasting at you. Um, and yeah, it's just really simple. I will say it. It looked a lot better on the 3DS. Like it's a, it's a really yeah. like simplistic looking game that it like it. It almost looks a little boring and bland playing mm. it on a big screen. Like it, it loses a little something not having like that lower resolution on like a pixelated right. 3DS screen or whatever. Right, but it doesn't look bad or anything. It's just it. It definitely like it's. I don't think you'd be scrolling through the eShop and immediately, unless you saw the mechanics in action, you probably wouldn't see this game and think, oh, I got to check that out. That but makes sense. I'd say it, it is that kind of game, though. If you do like kind of like a thinking puzzle game, like it's—it it's it is a puzzle platformer, but very, you're not doing any finesse platforming at all. It's very much like, it's 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 pretty rigid in that regard like you do have to like okay my character can jump exactly one tile height it can jump like you're not able to like really cheese anything i'm like oh i can like kind of slip off the ledge and barely cross that gap it's like if your character is not meant to jump across that gap you're not gonna make it in any right. way no
0: no it's like a it's almost like a i don't know like a logical platformer or something yeah so it's yeah like- <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's cool the, the whole box boy series is is gold and very cool to check out and almost entirely on 3ds and like we mentioned before they should do a compilation honestly yeah Hell. i would really would love to see that yeah because
1: yeah. it's it feels like again yeah just nintendo every now and then whether it's like with part-time ufo another game from hal i yeah. forgot that that's from them too but like we were talking about the push series, series or two and it's like they have all these like little weird like downloadable like I was going to say one-off games, but they're not one-off games. They're like full-blown series with like three or four mm. games each in them. So yep. it definitely yep. feels like it'd be a shame for those to be like forgotten on the 3DS or Wii U uh, eShops.
0: Hell puts the love in to their games. That's for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It they really do. Through. They really do. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess just for another like kind of brain bending puzzle game that I've been playing lately also on Switch, although not from anyone Nintendo related, but uh this game is called uh, She Remembered Caterpillars, it's a great and it's a name. game that I yeah, a great name and a pretty great game. Again, only if you're looking for like a brain teaser like this game is breaking my brain. Oh. I, I think I'm on the 20th level as I, I just played like maybe another four or five levels. And I'm, I'm at a point where like, yeah, let's like single screen like you can see the whole level kind of top down perspective and it's got a really beautiful aesthetic. Like it's very like I don't know if it's hand drawn, hand painted, or whatever. But it's very like hand drawn animation. Nice. Like everything feels really like fluid. Like I don't know everything. Everything just has like a really nice, clean, really cool looking animation. It doesn't look like a typical video game. But you kind of play as like these little like Pikmin esque like fungus creatures that and they're the gameplay is not necessarily like Pikmin. You kind of like control one character at a time. And then you use the shoulder buttons to like swap between them. And when the game starts out, you're kind of like these little like, again, these little like fungus creatures or whatever. They just kind of remind me of like little mushrooms, but they're like. And at the very beginning, I think they're just red and blue. You have, like, a red head and a blue head one, and they just kind of, like... And they do a pretty good job with the accessibility, like, if there's any color blindness going on. Like, if, you, if you're if you not able to recognize the creatures from the colors, like, the red is, like, a circle, and the blue is a square. I forget, I forget yeah. which ones are which, but, like, I know they... I, I read something about the game where I know they, like, thought a lot about that stuff. I still feel like it would be kind of confusing because, like, as you get further into the game, they start introducing... So now you got red and blue and yellow. So you got the primary colors. And then once you have all those colors involved, so like if you get two characters next to each other, the red and blue, you can press a button that actually they like dive into one another and merge together and then become a purple mushroom. So this is where I feel like it would become kind of difficult. Like you can see. So like those two colors are like a square and a circle, and it does make it where it's like flat on the bottom and rounded on the top. But I still feel like some of the stuff you kind of have to know, like these colors go together and you you kind of would have to know some of that stuff, I feel. But I, I do feel like it's it's worth mentioning that they made a ton of effort to try to make it accessible. Yeah. Um, you know, even if you do, you know, you're not able to recognize the uh, creatures or whatever from the color. But basically, at least from as far as I've got, there's like different bridges and then gates and the gates will not let a character like. If you're a blue character, you can't walk across a blue gate. But if you're a blue character, you can walk across a blue bridge. So if you're a purple character, you can also walk across that blue bridge because you have blue in your part of your pigment or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Same thing goes that you cannot walk through the gate because you do have blue mixed in there. And it really ends up being like, again, I'm on like the 20th stage right now. And they've now introduced like a few different colors, few different mechanics, and I, there's even a mechanic that I haven't seen yet. But I know you can actually like step on these like things that will like actually suck the color out of your little fungus creature, and then like you <laughs> become like kind of like a little naked like just white creature. And I, I don't know. I don't know what kind of like mechanics will come into play with that, or maybe yeah. you can like redye yourself like a different color. Ooh, I really don't know, but that would make sense. You really are like running around in circles like not running around because it's not like it's you can take as much time as you want but you really like there's so many steps to each puzzle where like it almost feels like I like stumble into them at this point where I'm like okay I got to bring like this character over here you got to like almost like merge them all together in one kind of meeting place because they'll be like again all those different bridges and gates and then occasionally even like two switches that you have to like have both switches stepped on that will then Uh, open another like colorless bridge Uh, that anyone can walk across yep but then you got to really figure out okay I need that to be like one of the yellow ones over there like so that once I get this red one across the bridge it has to be a non-blue so that it can go through the gate and there's just like so even when there's only a few characters in play on the screen or on a on a given stage you really really have to think like there are times where I feel like I almost feel like I'm repeating the same motions, but I'm definitely not. Like, I'm making, like, one little chip away at, like, the solution. Like, okay, now I got both of the blues over here. Okay, now I gotta do that kind of same, like, rinse and repeat the same motion, but, like, to get the other character over here as well. And, like... it's just a really cool really clever really beautiful game and i really i kind of ended up going in this direction because i've been doing some streams recently where i was playing like some action-packed like twitchy i was actually playing some lonely mountains downhill that i talked about for a quick second earlier and like as much as i love that game like i I would honestly put it in my top 10 games of all time not even the top 10 percent. like just amazing yeah but i was kind of like it just wasn't hitting the right mood that I was in for that mm. moment. I was like, I kinda I've been really enjoying playing these games that are like more methodical and like I'm thinking I I don't know how they are to watch because I feel like I'm just sitting there going, hmm. Yeah. Hmm. What about this? <sighs> hmm. Yeah. But it's like perfect energy Puzzle for what I'm just like, yeah, like, yeah I just want to end it like sometimes people like chime in and like have a little like tip. Hey, try this or um i don't know it's just been a really fun like change of pace because yeah i do tend to like gravitate towards like the twitchy arcadey sure. stuff and especially when i do tend to go for like a stream i'm like oh let me play something that i'm familiar with and action-packed and yeah. whatever <laughs> it's been kind of nice to like yeah fire up some of these more like thought driven yeah that's kind of yeah.
0: that's that's extra pressure on you when you're live on a stream too you know to well really it's try been and solve it
1: well, for example, and I'll save this for uh, an episode when John's around because I know that he's been digging into the new Into the Breach right. update as well. Yeah, but that's one that I kind of and part of the reason was like, well, I'm, I, you know, I'm, I was kind of like, well, I'm not going to like make these into a video or anything. So I'm just going to like full blown, like actually just have like a chill stream. Like I'm not doing anything with this after the fact, like I left the right. fan on because it was a just beautiful day outside. Sure. And I ended up just playing like. Yeah. Just digging into that new update. And I ended up doing I think I've done like four or five into the breach streams now because I was just like, I'm kind of addicted to this game again. But uh, like I said, I'll I'll wait till John gets back. And who knows, maybe you'll even uh, get a chance to dig back into that one
0: for sure. Yeah, it's
1: it's got the hooks in me Ugh. bad uh, now. You know, I just said earlier, I was like, maybe I'm not going to bring my switch home with me on this trip. And now I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, but into the breach into the breach. Um, But a game that I ended up playing on a stream after that, because it, as much as I was enjoying the vibe of into the breach, I was kind of like, man, there's almost like too much thinking in all of these turns. Like, oh, I gotta yeah. be like, OK, do I want to do this? OK, actually, no. Now that I went through all the motions with all three mechs, actually, I don't think I want to do that. Let me reset the turn and do that over again. So I was like. There's almost like too much thinking in this right now Mm -hmm. for what I was in the mood for uh, for this particular day. So I ended up doing a stream of this game called Undergrave. And I've talked about Undergrave on the podcast uh, in passing after I checked out the demo. This is from uh, Wired Dream Studios, but it's another I'm just a huge fan of all their games. They made a Red Ronin, Raven's Hike. I've raved about a bunch of their games on the podcast. Uh, Frog is another one that I think I've talked about on the podcast. I know I've uh, streamed that one as well. And that's the undergrave and frog were kind of like in development at the same time. Frog is coming out still like, I think they were working on it as like a game jam project. And then they were like, Oh wait, this is kind of sweet. Yeah. I'm going to actually flesh this into a full video game. Yeah. Um, and kind of like dump their focus into finishing that up and making a demo for it. And then wrapped up, uh, things on undergrave. And, uh, again, I, i talked about this one briefly, but I did want to dig into the mechanics uh, a little bit deeper. Cause it's got a really cool, uh, just like it's another like turn-based tactics game uh and it is a roguelike where it's got permadeath and all that stuff but it feels like just like into the breach it's like every single decision you make matters it's one of those games where like everything costs a certain amount of action points but other than just moving regular style and you're just moving like one tile at a time up down left right top down perspective um but then moving one tile over actually recharges your action points um And then otherwise, you're able to either throw your sword or and that's kind of your main mode of attack. You're able to either throw your sword or um, jump and then kind of like land like from above, like on top of enemies. Okay, yeah. Or you're able to kind of like dash, like almost like across the screen you kind of have a range so you don't necessarily go all the way across the screen but you know you use the dash and you go up down left or right so you might be able to like chain through two enemies and slice them both down that's nice and you're doing a lot of decision making where like once you throw the sword you hit an enemy it kind of works more like uh like tower fall or something where like you have to recollect your Uh. sword after you've thrown it but you're able to utilize it in certain ways where like okay you've thrown it and hit this enemy But now if like an enemy ends up on the same tile as the sword or even if they're like maybe a tile beyond the sword, but I can then do my dash mechanic, even though I don't have the sword in my hand. And then along the way, pick up the sword and slash through the enemy all in the same movement. And it's so satisfying. And then on top of that, so a dash typically costs three action points. A jump is four action points. Yeah. And a throw is two action points. But then once you've thrown the sword, then a jump is only two action points and a dash is only one Uh, action point. And you're kind of constantly, like, juggling, okay, do I want to, like – throw the sword. It's just like every single decision, yeah. even if it's just moving up, down, left or right. Like it just feels like the AI is always really smart. Like every time when you think like, you're like, "Ha I'm going to kite them into this and then I'm going to chain them, chain them up. Like you're like, they never chain up in the way that you think they're going to like stupidly walk into like one of your plans. You're just like, Oh no, they, they almost always like find a way around it and like spread out in a way that keeps you like, you know, it's not full blown again. I'm, I, part of the reason why I was enjoying it so much is because it wasn't quite on that level of Into the Breach thinking. Like, I was still able to almost feel like I was playing it like an action game, even though it was turn-based. But, like, you get into a fluid, like, you just learn the rules. Like, it's just really well, like, everything's very readable. You start to learn, okay, as soon as you learn, like, how the enemies behave. But, okay, this enemy can move two tiles at a time and only takes one damage. This enemy takes two damage but can only move one tile at a time like it's just really right and you know you have
0: x amount of action points to spend so how do i want to allocate them knowing that i have those type of enemies potentially in in my line of attack right yeah yeah and one of the things that i'll
1: say is really cool too because like so i cleared like the first biome and it kind of seemed like it worked a little bit more like how the uh structure works in going under Uh, Mm -hmm. which is a game that I've talked about before on the podcast too. And it's a roguelike, but it's almost like each dungeon is like its own like world that you have to clear in and of itself. Like, so when you boot the game or when you start a run, you actually start now, now that I've made it to the second biome, I can actually pick to start from either the first or the second biome. I don't know if you're just trying to beat them all individually or if you need to clear them all to like finish a, you know, a total run to see the credits or whatever. Or if you're able to say maybe maybe it's even just for speed running purposes of like, hey, I'm going to skip the whole first dungeon. I don't need the upgrades because uh, to me, I feel like it's almost still better to play that first dungeon because every like I think throughout that like first floor dungeon or whatever, you end up hitting like three altars where you get to pick a few different upgrades uh, that to keep you know, either, your
0: run. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, oh, sense. is it is
1: it better to start from the second, right. you know, because the enemies are definitely they're not way tougher, but they're there's definitely tougher Um, Mm -hmm. I did dive into a run of just starting uh, right from that second floor, and it it didn't feel immediately overwhelming, but it definitely, I I got the impression of, like, at least the way I'm going to play is probably still try to clear them all in order, but maybe as I get, like, more familiar, if I get, like, really good at it or something, and I'm just like, okay, these are, this first floor is just tedious, maybe I will just skip it, but it's it's an incredible game it's probably my favorite game from uh wired dreams uh thiago is the name of the de- the developer as well I will say that the demo of Frog is shaping up to maybe replace this one like it's another turn-based roguelike but more of like it's got like platforming like dandara style mechanics oh. but also like super hot freeze time like it's oh. it's amazing like the the demo just really blew me away again I, I talked about that on the podcast before too I mean, I'm pretty much just a huge fan of of all the games uh, that uh, they're making over there at Wired Dreams, and it's they kind it's kind of impressive because a lot of their games, you like Red Ronin uses like that kind of that dash mechanic where you're just pressing like up, down, left, or right, and you go like all the way through until you hit a wall or whatever. Kind of more like Cyber Protocol that we always use as like a frame of reference for that yeah. like up, down, left, or right till you like hit an obstacle
0: or whatever. Right. Um, but or a it wall is like or whatever. Yeah.
1: Yeah. They're just, they're just so good at making these like turn-based games that still feel action-y and like, you feel like you have a lot of like, you're able to like finesse your way around certain scenarios and in some ways, or at least it feels like it. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. It just feels so much more like interactive and engaging than a typical turn-based game does. And uh, I, I really loved it. Like I really loved the demo and going back into it again was just like, oh, this is every bit as good as I remembered. And one that I'm looking forward to hopefully beating if I'm, if I'm able to. Yeah. Yeah. A good, good, nice, like similar flavor of into the breach, but just like a little less, you you just have one unit to worry about. You know, you don't have to think about the positioning of three (laughs) different units and mechs and abilities and new abilities getting added to the mix. It's kind of like, okay, just worry about this one thing and lean into the new abilities you get along the way. And
0: I could see that um, being more like streamlined and actiony just from that alone. Though that, that does make a lot of sense.
1: Yeah. And it's even got a great it's got two different control setups where there's like a methodical version of the control scheme where it's more like you're like picking your thing and then confirming it. And then it's got the like action version of the controls yeah. where it's like you're kind of like you hit the same button to kind of confirm. Yeah. Your, or if you hit dash, it just dashes in whatever direction you press, as opposed to like i dash, then picking a direction, then yeah. committing. No. It's like once you let's get it go. down, OK, boom, let's go. Boom. And it really does make it feel more like an action arcade game. So yeah,
0: that's sweet.
1: It's awesome. Yeah. And again, those t- any game that like really makes you feel like you want to like pump another quarter in the machine and say yep. one more run if you're making a roguelike. And that's I mean, you got the hooks in me for sure. So. Oh,
0: yeah. Love but, roguelikes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But I
1: know we wanted to do a little more uh, Nintendo talk uh, before we wrap up the uh, episode this evening. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, back on the the subject of Nintendo Switch games and and playing something while my my toddler daughter watches uh, decided, you know, she's she's been into the Amiibos that I've been setting out as we've been getting more of our house set up more and more. And, you know, Bowser and, and Mario and some of these characters have come up and she's like, I want to see a game with Bowser I'm like, oh yeah game nice. of Bowser. Okay, huh? And I'm like, oh, maybe Mario Kart, and she yeah, uh, she was okay with that, but she kinda thought it was boring after a little while. And like, mmm, you know, I was like, okay, maybe uh, I know in Super Mario 3D World, I've got that on Switch, like, you know, there's a Bowser's castle at the end of the world let's try that and she thought that was cool but then you know it, and it's like could I see another Bowser like well it takes you know you got to beat all these other levels first before you get to Bowser because you know this yeah originally I had played 3D world on Wii U that's where I had like completed the game right know, but right, I yeah rebought it because I you know I'm a schmohawk that rebuys all of it the- <laughs> The games that Nintendo out. I gotta say,
1: the Bowser's Fury expansion was definitely. i This is one that I haven't picked up yet, mm-hmm. but it's one of the more enticing additions to like. Yeah, you know, I, like I talked about Tropical Freeze, and I was like, yeah, Funky Kong. Like it's like <laughs> essentially an easy mode Funky for like. Mode. Like, Funky like it wasn't Kong mode. Like it for me, for what I'm looking for, it wasn't really adding <laughs> no. anything new to the game to mm. me. But when you're adding like a whole new kind of like mini campaign to one of my favorite Mario games, like I. I like 3D Land a little more than World, but I really love both of those games. Kind of back to that corridor style gameplay. I was wondering if you were kind of hinting at that a little bit.
0: Yeah, I agree with you also that I like uh, Super Mario 3D Land a little bit more than 3D World, though I like 3D World a lot too. Uh, And I
1: wonder if it's just more like I wonder if they would have just come out in the opposite order if I would feel differently. But if because I I felt the same way about Galaxy Two, even though everybody was like, "Oh, Galaxy Two is better than one," but I felt like I was just like. It's great, but it's just like Galaxy One blew me away a little bit more. Yeah, and I wonder if I had the same experience here. That that novelty
0: factor, you wonder how much that plays into it, right?
1: Yeah, like now that I'm running around planets for a second time, it's not as cool this time. You know, I know you got Yoshi and whatever, but it's yeah, yeah. It it was like ah, not been there, done that. Because I again, I still love Galaxy Two, but it just felt like more of the same still good but it was just like it wasn't as special
0: i guess yeah on galaxy 2, i don't know that i ever did more than about halfway through that game unfortunately. i
1: beat it but i never i definitely never did all like the green stars or whatever that oh like, god 100 yeah. it was like oh geez this no. is like actually really hard I'm yeah not, i'm not messing with that
0: no yeah for sure uh but i did play bowser's fury uh because Fiona wanted to see more Bowser. And I'm like, oh, geez, there's this whole mode that they made specifically for this port to the Switch of Super Mario 3D World that has Bowser's Fury. And Bowser's Fury um, essentially takes that same um, Mario 3D World slash land engine and uh, but like pulls it out to more of a, like a like the traditional 3D Mario perspective or the like the. It's it's more you know zoomed in on Mario, and it feels more like uh, like a uh, sunshine or galaxy or you know or odyssey type of perspective when you're playing as opposed to 3d world is more zoomed out because it's meant to be more of a multiplayer thing and you know that whole perspective so and it
1: it just kind of felt like in 3d world they were like in a way like those levels to me felt very because they kind of had that like corridor type perspective like it kind of felt like 2d levels but in 3d yeah sort of
0: like in a way like maybe just
1: because they were more linear or whatever yeah
0: i think that's fair and and again yeah just like we were saying with Kirby that's that's why I, I like those games a lot yeah um, but you're
1: saying so Bowser's Fury kind of opens that up a little bit
0: it opens it up in that like you can kind of travel between these different sections but it's all it's like this open-ended area that you can explore um, but each individual like level part is still more corridory than not I guess they're like individual okay. little like corridor dioramas and the idea is you you know bowser is this like mega bowser and he looks awesome and he's like super on fire and dark and he's covered in like the goop the goop a la uh, mario sunshine goop
1: which okay it's, it's yeah, really yeah.
0: interesting like the callbacks to mario sunshine and bowser's fury because you're also collecting shines which oh is, weird yeah yeah um, Weird, yeah. Yeah, lots of carryover between between that, which is kind of interesting to me. Um, yeah, considering they they don't really do much with sunshine. No, ever. but you wonder too. Is it like a nostalgia piece? Is it like I was thinking about this earlier? Is it like how like. Modern adults that were kids now have nostalgia for, like, the Star Wars prequels, even though they weren't necessarily that good. And I'm not trying to besmirch Mario Sunshine to say that it's as bad as the Star Wars prequels, but, like, it's the same sort of thing happening there, right? Where now they're like, oh, no, that's that's a classic Mario That's the
1: one that people grew up with. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. that's
0: their nostalgia now. Like, that's the one they may have started with if they're now 20-whatever, 30 years old, you know? So... Now they're calling back to that a little bit with some of the themes and like uh Bowser Jr is there too and but Bowser Jr is like what's wrong with papa why is he so mad like and like so he's helping Mario out this almost time almost on it's, your side yeah yeah, yeah he's kind of trying to like help you fix papa by collecting these shines that you're finding and so Bowser comes up randomly um, effectively at times, just kind of as you're playing through these mini levels and collecting shines and there's a counter of your shines. And as you collect a certain amount of shines, typically like three or five in an area, they add to a lighthouse and that turns the lighthouse on and uh, Bowser hates the lighthouse and goes back into his goop basically. Um, so that, you know, Okay. but you know, when Bowser comes up, like, Everything turns into like a dark evil mode version of all these levels where the enemies are a little bit more, um, you know, focused on attacking you and, you know, everything's raining and really dark and a little bit more like moody and... You know, it'll even go into like a Bowser fight mode where he's trying to like shoot his fire at you and you either avoid that if you collect enough shines, you open up a bell and then you become this like mega cat lion Mario that can like Godzilla fight this Bowser because you turn big just like he is and you have these like massive battles.
1: Okay, because I feel like, yeah, that's most like the promotional stuff that I've seen has been like the massive stuff. And I'm like, I wonder, I, I really have no idea like what the actual gameplay for this is like.
0: Yeah, and that's that's not the bulk of the gameplay. It's fun, but that's not the bulk of it. The bulk of it is just kind of like these, you know, just kind of Mario platforming sections where you're finding secrets and you're finding you know three to five shines in these given areas or like individual shines in these like little secret areas that are like in waterways. There's a lot of water, a la Mario Sunshine, and like a tropical feel that way too. Um, okay, are there like different? cool like dragon type of uh i don't even know what that guy's name is but you could ride him in 3d world as well
1: that uh, like dino
0: dragon yeah, thing yeah, or whatever. yeah yeah so you can ride him around to kind of traverse this open area and find other little secrets and go between the different land masses that have like the the shines to collect Do all the different, like, land masses have, like, their own, like, kind of
1: theme? Yeah. Like, whether they're they're all, like, kind of their own level biome, if you will. Yeah,
0: they're all their own level. And then even as you're progressing and you hit certain shine amounts and you beat Bowser and he goes back, um as you hit certain thresholds like new land will even creep out of the goo where it wasn't before and more map opens right so it's it's kind of like opening over time like as the the fog of war is removed by you collecting more shines and i'm into it it's fun sounds
1: sweet yeah Yeah. it's
0: it's really really well done And and it and it controls really well like a 3d mario platformer would and Every every day when Fiona, I bring her home from daycare and she's like, can we play Bowser? Nice. Like, yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. We could. play. I love Bowser. that. She's like a diehard Bowser fan of <laughs> yeah, all characters. He's like "Oh, Bowser's not making good choices. So I'm like, yeah, he's not. He's really upset, isn't he? Yeah. So yeah. Like, <laughs> so it's like it's it's been really fun to play through. I feel like we're relatively close. At least we're like more than halfway through. It feels like yeah um, how
1: big of a campaign like how much of an extra addition to the game like i i know it's i'm assuming it's not like a full-blown like another super mario 3d world no attached quite, onto no, it but
0: no um but it feels like i don't know it, it feels like get at least probably close to 10 hours i would bet on okay that.
1: dang that's yeah. bigger than i thought i kind of thought it would just be like oh here's like almost like a little bonus area i wasn't expecting it to be like kind of a a full fledged, like kind of mini campaign, if you will.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's somewhere in between that, you know, maybe it doesn't end up being quite that long, but it's certainly been, I feel like, you know, I, I, I'm always a little bit more lackadaisical with that. And even especially so with Fiona watching, I'm not trying to go too fast where she can like point out the shines that she sees and, you know, the perspective that we're looking at, you know, that's fun for her. So, you know, it's taken a little bit longer, but you know, it's, I'd say we've already put in at least four or five hours and there's, still plenty to do so it's like yeah i'm really enjoying it it's it's really cool that they did that because historically when nintendo has ported these wii u things they're not adding that much right this is a whole new mode yeah and i almost
1: wonder i i think i maybe have even like i maybe read something or maybe just saw like a tweet or something but i i I thought i saw somebody say like or speculating that like maybe this was like a proof of concept for the next mario game or at least. Some kind of because it's just like, why would they do this otherwise? Like Because like you said, if they do something like this, it's usually more along the lines of like a new Super Luigi U where it's like a full like kind of like its own standalone thing. It's like a spinoff yeah. of that thing. But it's not like just going to get packaged in with like a port or they do like kind of more like the Captain Toad style where it's like, oh, now there's co-op and a few like features that probably should have been in the game from the get go. Right. or You know, a few bonus levels here and there. But right. Not like a full blown, yeah, like extra I mean a five or ten hour campaign, that's a full game as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, Maybe no, not a full it, sixty dollar, you know, Nintendo Triple A game, but, but it it's definitely be, enough to justify rebuild. Like it definitely exactly. makes me way more interested in I've I've always kind of been like, I should get that and new Super Mario Brothers Again, just because that I yeah. think that one does have like the new Luigi stuff all built into the same cartridge. Right. So I'm just like, I kinda just want to have the the final version of those games or whatever
0: that's exactly how I feel about it and it it made me feel good about justifying the cost of getting it especially in this specific case with Super Mario 3D World and Bowser's Fury like it's they they really put the the time and love into it and like all the enemies are are cats they all have like cat ears and stuff like all the Goombas have cat ears all the Koopa Troopas have cat ears and stuff and that's so does it lean into
1: that power up pretty heavily as far
0: as the level design goes or is it just more for like the
1: mega when you turn into like the giant cat mario no
0: it does yeah the, the cat power is probably the i would say your primary power you'd want to use a lot of times just for like the verticality of climbing it's a uh, sweet power-up oh, it's, it's that awesome. it's one
1: of the cool one of the coolest like new power-ups in a mario game and a Long time, especially in a 3D Mario game.
0: Oh, yeah. But you can you can select between like the traditional fireball or like Tanuki suit or other ones, too, that you get the power ups along the way in it. It works like a lot of Mario's have since Mario three, where you can kind of you can kind of bank some of those power ups and then, you know, through your D-pad kind of select one as you've gotten hurt or whatever. So it's it's good. I'm into it and I'll probably talk about it again once I beat it. Uh, yeah, you you got my interest.
1: It's I've been kind of like, yeah. There's been a few of those Switch games, Captain Toad, as well that I've yeah. kind of been like, ah. Uh, especially because I I think I let John borrow my Wii U version of Captain Toad like years ago, and i he still has it, I think, and I'm kind of just <laughs> like, not not that I care that much, and I could obviously he lives right across the street, I could just go get it from him, but I'm just kind of like that almost like I'd rather let him keep that and just use that as an extra excuse to put me over the hump to be like, well, now I gotta rebuy Captain yep. Toad on Switch.
0: Yep. Um, Captain Toaster you know, I don't even have it anymore I, I love that game Game's so good
1: Um, and I think that game did add like an extra world. I I think that game did add a few extra things too.
0: Um, Oh yeah. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. That captain toad one did for sure. And then, yeah, if you want a small morsel of that and you hadn't played it already, then you have that in uh, super Mario 3d world. Yeah. I was just going to say, how cool
1: is that? That they like took that little like bonus, like mini game concept from 3d world and said, Hey, there's a lot of potential here. A lot, obviously a lot of potential. I, I, again, I really love that game. I have a really fond memory of like completing that like final boss battle at least in the wii u version of like i think it was some kind of like parrot or some i don't know no it was like some kind of fire breathing dragon thing that you're like climbing <laughs> up the stage and like mm-hmm. going up it i don't know it just felt really cool it felt like kind of like those uh it kind of feels like almost like um uh, you know those like mario party mini games where you're like playing as a team and like people are triggering switches and like yeah Doing thing. It kind of felt like a version of that, like that final boss battle. Like you're like oh, running and awesome. opening things. Did you ever finish that game, Captain No, No,
0: I, I, that's another one I need to. And it's such like, what a cool concept. Like so many games are like, we're going to empower you. You're going to feel so powerful. Like, no, you're going to play as Toad. You can't jump.
1: You literally, yeah, you can't <laughs> even jump. <laughs> say,
0: and like yeah. you just walk around collecting gems and trying not to get hit by things that scare you. Yeah. <laughs> and find secrets. It is. It's almost like a
1: similar style gameplay to like Box Boy and Box Girl, yeah. but like a little bit more obviously with a 3D perspective and like a little simpler, yeah. not so head scratchy on the puzzles and stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah. or Pushmo wow. for
0: that matter. Yeah, like that yeah. Sort of yeah. With the yeah, diorama man. perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Nintendo's got the puzzle games down, especially mm-hmm. with their kind of like second party developers. Whatever. Mm-hmm. You, I don't know what you consider Hal or like the or uh, Intelligent Systems like their first party, but they're like yeah they're not officially nintendo games. can do or, some
0: more experimental things once yeah. in a while yeah, yeah
1: they're, they're a little more freedom yeah
0: hmm.
1: heck yeah but uh but yeah i think we've uh done more than enough video <laughs> game chatting and just chatting in general tonight yep uh nice long session here this evening but uh <laughs> but yeah i think we can wrap up the uh video games chat here and as always uh you can find us on the internet at pursuingpixels.com Uh, We're pretty much everywhere on the Internet these days. Like I said, I think we're uh, I was talking earlier. We're even on TikTok these days. There you go. um, Pretty much wherever you are, we'll we're there somewhere. So, um, yeah. Otherwise, we will uh, catch you next week. And uh, until then, take care. Bye bye. Another typical flubbed intro or outro from me. but Gets the job done. Nah, you're good yeah it's it's definitely fine i just feel like i was like ah, i'm starting to repeat myself here but <laughs> definitely good another another good long one here oh man. yeah
0: yeah yeah got That's another good couple for.
1: save it for the casts in the oh yeah previ- in the pre-roll oh, there yeah
0: easily I try to a, make your your job as easy as possible for oh you. yeah
1: we got a wrestling themed one in there <laughs> we got a n64 themed oh, one in there.
0: naturally of course yeah Yeah.
1: which is actually kind of perfect because like with that uh that session that we did with me you and john last time where we did the double it's like okay we probably won't have a ton of save it for the cast there at least right. probably probably not two worth. maybe i can get one but right there probably won't be a, yeah, a whole second one so no
0: not when you do a, a double regular recording or whatever yeah yeah
1: yeah. it's like the yeah the second one is the save it for the cast essentially. exactly
0: yeah